Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. You have tuned into the Rebel News live stream on this, a Tuesday, May 31st, 2022. I'm David Menzies and my co-host, well, let me tell you about my co-host. Do you know what, folks? Today is National Autonomous Vehicle Day. But my friend, well, she would never be caught dead no. with a kinder, gentler howl in within the dashboard of her Jeep. She is the she-double with a sword. She is the Khaleesi of Northern Alberta. She is Sheila Gunn-Reed. Hey, how you doing there, Sheila? David, I'm doing great. I don't know if it's like this for the viewer out there, but is my hair taking up a lot of frame today? <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lot. Um, That's quite funny. the do. I'm digging it, though. I like it. I it's, didn't it's... do anything different. I I didn't touch it. It just has its own life of its own. Um, but but it, you know what? All you need with that hairdo, Sheila, is pointy ears, and you are a Romulan commander. <laughs> Star Trek. We're yeah, I know, but weren't the Romulans Russians? Like, wasn't that who they were supposed to be in the grand scheme of things? Like, the Romulans were the Russians, and then the Klingons, were they the Chinese? I think it might be the reverse. It could be the reverse, yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, uh, that Khaleesi name is catching on because, as I told you in the company Slack channel... I was walking in to pick my daughter up from rugby tryouts on <laughs> Sunday yeah. and it's over and there's like a hundred parents leaving the parking lot, cars leaving the parking lot and I'm walking right in and I do have a distinctive look, right? <laughs> like obviously, <laughs> and I'm usually wearing plaid, so I'm not hard to uh, identify, but somebody leans out of his van window and screams, <laughs> Khaleesi! <laughs> and I, I love turn it. around. And he's driving away. And then everybody looks at me because they don't understand why this man is screaming at me out the window. I love so it. Anyway, thanks, You're famous, David. Sheila, and you deserve to be. And hey, you are the Khaleesi of Northern Alberta. I would take a bullet for you as long as I was wearing a bulletproof vest. Um, <laughs> anyway, and by the way, we have lots to talk about. Speaking of bullets, we have about lots guns. to talk about. Yeah. Yes. And I can't go long because I have um, a couple of things to do like that are like hard outs, as they say in the industry, that I have to be somewhere at a certain time. So we can't go too, too long today. Um, but yeah, we're going to talk about Trudeau's gun ban and uh, the crazy things. The progressive hellscape of Edmonton is doing escape from that place while you can, Edmontonians. It's only getting worse. Um, and I, I didn't, I didn't, re I didn't know it could get worse. Like I thought Edmonton was bad already, but nope continues to get worse with gross, crazy ideas. Oh, but I, I should tell everybody what we're doing before we get to that. Indeed, I'm not going to get let the cat out of the bad bag, but I see that uh, we do have a City of Edmonton story, um, a bridge being painted red, and folks, you won't believe the reason why <laughs> it's being painted red. <laughs> so just, stay tuned for that. <laughs> Edmonton, you are the worst. It's not to warn approaching aircraft that there's a piece of infrastructure in the way towards the airport. It's for something completely different. You're never going to believe it. District 9, Edmonton. <laughs> just build a fence, keep the aliens inside. We'll drop cat food in for them. Anybody, but everybody wants to leave. You could just go. Um, anyways, this is the Rebel News Daily Live Stream. <laughs> 
<laughs> and uh, we are currently streaming on YouTube. However, there may come a time in the show where we have to cut the YouTube feed because YouTube is a censorship platform and there are certain things that you cannot say over there. For example, you cannot question election integrity. You can't question the advice of a public health officer, even though public health officers change their minds so often based on political science and often nothing else. Um, but to get around the censorship of YouTube, we're also streaming on Getter, which is a great free speech social media platform, but we're also over on Rumble, Odyssey, and SuperU. And the beauty of Rumble, Odyssey, and SuperU is that those platforms, well, first of all, it's beautiful because they don't care about your politics and we don't care about theirs, but they also give you the opportunity to support the work that we do completely willingly, but also to interact with each other live on air. So if you leave a rumble rant, that's their paid chat. We'll read it on air. We'll react to your comment. Um, if you leave us a super you shout, that's their paid chat. Again, we'll read that on air. And Odyssey is a hyper chat. And there's a couple different ways to leave us one of those. And that's how uh, you can interact with us. We'll read it on air. And uh, it helps fill up the war chest of Rebel News so that we continue to do the important work that the mainstream media refuses to. I see Isabel just came in to uh, do the show um, five minutes late, of course, but uh, we'll let that go. Because... Whoa, David, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm a little peeved because, you know, Isabel, I love Isabel. She's a wonderful camera woman, but... I always ask her for seven numbers for whenever Lotto Max gets to 70 million, which is the only, and, <laughs> and she gave me another seven, Sheila. And unlike last time in which zero out of seven came through, one out of seven came through, which means it's a worthless piece of paper. And remember, she gets a sage green Mini Cooper and a house in the beach. That's the high rent district, folks, if uh, she can supply me with the correct seven numbers. But I'm the guy fronting uh, the uh, the show here, and uh, it's uh, it's just not working. Not even a free ticket. <laughs> I checked out like 30 seconds ago. I have no idea what you just said, but I know that you were telling the world how absolutely cheap you are. Right? What? Is that what I, was happening? <laughs> she contributes zero dollars, zero cents to the ticket and stands to get, what is a house in the uh, beach, uh, Isabel? Probably the average price is two million. And the sage green Mini Cooper. By the way, that's a special order color. Okay. So, yeah. Isabel <laughs> contributed the intellectual property of potential winning numbers. And that is worth something. <laughs> All I'm asking for is the right numbers, and she gets uh, a free win, a free ride, a gravy train with, what do you call it, biscuit wheels? Biscuit wheels. wheels. <laughs> biscuit wheels. Gravy train with biscuit wheels. <laughs> but she has a chance to redeem herself. This is the last time. It's three strikes and you're out in my book, so she's dredging up some seven new numbers, and uh, we should move on. Speaking what do you want of to talk about? We, we tease the idea <laughs> of this red bridge. Okay, let's talk about the bridge because it's stupid, <laughs> and then we'll talk about Justin Trudeau because he's stupid. And uh, liberals did several stupid things yesterday. So um, let's get to uh, stupidity closer to home. City of Edmonton. You are insane. The bridge, this is the uh, high-level bridge. So this is a bridge that they change the colors on, the lights on, depending on what's happening in the world. I think it was lit up for <laughs> um, 
in Ukrainian colors, which actually makes sense. This is a very Ukrainian part of the world. More as many Ukrainians live here. Um, I, this is the largest of Ukrainian people of Ukrainian descent in the world outside of Ukraine and Russia is here. So that makes sense, even though it's kind of virtue signaling like, great, you lit up the bridge. War's over, I guess. Um, <laughs> but, you know, they, they'll light it up rainbow for um, Pride Week, Parade Month, however long that goes on for. Sometimes they might, like, light it up for Trans Visibility Day. They might light it up for um, Oilers, the playoffs or whatever. Let's go back to this new. This is something I don't think any woman I ever met asked for, but here we are. The bridge will be lit in red for menstrual health day. Um, okay. Why? Why? Well, I was going to ask you that, uh, Sheila, given that I don't have to worry about this bodily function. Yeah. And then it's, uh, this is fantastic <laughs> to see more stories of how Albertans are addressing period poverty. Click here. Like it just, it never ends. I don't know. I, I joke and it's gross, but maybe they should have dyed the river red. For this, like that would make more sense than the bridge at the end of the day. But who asked for this? What and why? You're driving past the bridge, and then you got to stop and explain to your kids or whatever why the bridge is red. I I just I don't know a single woman who's like, you know what? My life would be so much easier as a woman. Um, the all the problems facing women in the world would be solved if that bridge were just lit up red. Wait a minute, Sheila. You're making a fatal assumption here, I think, when you say women. Aren't they putting menstrual products into male bathrooms in some school systems right now in case they identify as being a woman? And therefore, I, I don't know, do they have a pretend period? Is that is it what they do? Because no matter how much you will it, it's not going to happen if you're a dude. Um. Maybe someone can dig it up. I think it was the BC <laughs> government yeah, two days ago or something. They ran up against this. And I think it was about pregnant people or breastfeeding people or lactating persons or chest feeders or whatever they call women <laughs> these days. Um, they had tweeted something about this. And people were like, yeah, no, that's not how that works. It's it's women that you're talking about. And you shouldn't be scared to say women. Like, this is the new misogyny. This is it erasing is. women. This is erasing women. Before they said we couldn't do anything. And now they're saying that we can do certain things, but a man can do them too. Um, like, you know, have a baby breastfeed or menstruate. And it's just, you know, like people say, you know, like we're, you need places for women. But they're, the feminists, these third or fourth wave feminists, whatever wave we're in now, it's like COVID. The feminists just keep coming. Um, but whatever it is, they're completely erased women. They've made us obsolete. You know, like they're just going to have sex robots and menstruating men and we don't exist anymore. And when you see tangible damage uh, to females occurring, it is in the realms, I would say, Sheila, of uh, elite sports where male yep, athletes yep are welcomed with open arms by most of the sports governing bodies. You see here in Canada, thanks to a Justin Trudeau promise when queried by a trans activist to allow men to, uh, criminals that is, to serve their time in female penitentiary simply for saying uh, they are female. And, you know, I wonder, you know, it's going to backfire. I mean, it's already backfiring. Uh, sure men is. are cleaning up in the, the the realm of sports. Women are being harassed and even raped in prisons. 
uh, because these are not females. These are fully functioning males. And, you know, i got to tell you, here's something our friend Terry at the Daily Wanker sent me this uh, today, Sheila, because um, it was canceled, evidently, for two years due to COVID. But the woman-only naked swim for Body Brave uh I don't know what Body Brave is. Well, it's splashing back on June 5th at the Dundas Community Pool in Hamilton. I'm wondering, Sheila, when these members of the radical trans community show up at the Dundas Community Pool with their full wedding tackle uh, on display, um, are they going to be told, no, you're not a woman? Because we even have a Supreme Court justice uh, south of the border who can't define what a woman is. So if this um, Body Brave event turns into a sausage fest, well, ladies, I'm sorry. Uh, you allowed this. You enabled this. I don't see the feminist movement uh, taking a strong stand against radical transgenderism, which, like you said, Sheila, is now all about misogyny, a hatred to towards biological females can we just go back to this uh thing here this uh body brave thing i can't <laughs> believe this is a real thing can we just take a look at that please i just i'm horrified because uh, swimming pools weird me out a little bit especially hot tubs where it's like okay there's this thin layer of spandex and we're just sitting in a pool of tepid filth of other people's body like other people have been just, I don't know, simmering in this water and you're going to get into it too. I don't know. No amount of chlorine. Well, that, but um... By the way, Sheila, that, uh, not, sorry to interrupt, but that is indeed where I uh, met Lady Menzoid back in 1988, the day before Valentine's Day, in a hot tub. Just in a big <laughs> Menzies soup, just percolating, simmering away. Um, anyways, a naked swim at a public pool... <laughs> unsuitable you say yeah well right in a literal sense um if you're wearing a bathing suit you will forfeit your eligibility to participate but then again it's not about the rules it's about breaking them the rules of often repressive social convention i love social conventions don't uh, they're the best um and breaking them gently peacefully wetly oh i just want to gag in my mouth um what a fun way to raise awareness for a serious issue the Naked Swim for Women, originally titled Love the Skin You're In, is now in its seventh year. Seven years? <laughs> Why do people feel the need to be nude in public? Why? I don't even like to wear shorts. Anyways, um, uh, treading water, floating in place. Uh, naked Swim for a Cause. What's the cause? I don't understand. Just Body being... Brave. So... That sounds like a Jill Andrew thing. And maybe later on we can throw to that. Uh, she's the MPP for Toronto St. Paul. She's a queer, black, fat activist. And sounds... she's involved in some sort of organization, too, which <sighs> celebrates obesity or something like that. But go on, Sheila. <laughs> can we just... I just don't understand. This has been going on for seven years, and I don't understand what problem this solves except some weird fetishists desire to have the municipal government support their weird fetish is that what i'm getting here uh you know what um i think so i mean if you really see i've never understood nudism you know uh, thank you <laughs> th th these people going to nudist colonies and uh but if that's what you want to do and it's roped off and it's out of sight i of, don't think uh, the municipal government should be involved exactly that yeah. is a, go I, be a wandering nude weirdo in the bushes somewhere not my business i hope you wear bug spray 
Um, but <laughs> I don't think that the municipal government should be providing you a swimming pool yeah. for you and your naked buddies to be frolicking around. I just think it's weird. And by the way, uh, Olivia, can we go back to that story? Can we see the photograph of the adherents? No. The... <laughs> I think you made my point. <laughs> and no. by the way, it's Gina... never like it's never who you wish you could see naked. It's always like. Eh. Well, well said. <laughs> but here's the thing, Sheila. If this is all about some form of female empowerment, you know, and, and by the way. Uh, going back to 1995, the Gwen Jacob decision at Superior Court, yeah. uh, women do have the right, at least in Ontario, to g walk around topless. So you don't have to worry about a ticket. But this is also bottomless, which really nobody has the right to uh, do. Here's the thing. If the Hamilton Spectator thinks this is such a great idea and that, oh, this is down with the revolution, and this is females letting it all hang out, and that empowers them, then why is the photo of those two swimmers for Sunday, why are they co uh, concealed behind a blanket? Why doesn't the Hamilton Spectator put it all out there, man, if they think, look, that, come on. I mean, it, do you see what I'm getting at, Sheila? There's a bit of hypocrisy here. This is great, but, oh, well, not for the eyes of our readers, mind you. What a bunch of hypocrisy. And just wait till the men try to get involved claiming to be women. Just wait. Just wait. It's going to happen. It always does. Um, and I did, I actually, <laughs> from, I, there's a lot of Jesus take the wheel in the first 15 minutes of the show here today, but I did find that thing from the BC government. Um, about, uh, this is again, BC government virtue signaling, just like the city of Edmonton is people facing financial difficulties can struggle for access to menstrual products and risk missing out on work, social events and daily life. We're contributing to the United way to help find ways to provide people the access to the products they need, except it's not people. It's women. I, I and see they can't even say the they w can't even word. say it it is yeah. and, and didn't Teresa tam it wasn't she guilty of this in a tweet uh last year as well and um and i know sheila uh, that the green movement i remember a story years ago i don't know if this is a thing i don't know if it's caught on with anyone but they were talking about reusable menstrual products and so I'm not making this up. Um, it's out there, David. It's out there. You're just not. I mean, I, 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 I can't imagine that your fingers on the pulse of these things, but it's out there and it's a huge trend. And I just I a huge know. trend. Wow. So is that mm -hmm. a solution to period poverty that you would like, you know, reuse the stuff? Do you know what? Can we just talk about something else? I'm going to jump out of my <laughs> you, skin here. You brought this up. <laughs> I just wanted to bring it up because the city of Edmonton is awful, and I feel sorry for the people who live there and pay their taxes to the city of Edmonton for this kind of stuff. But I am just ready to jump right out of my skin and, <laughs> and just move on to something else. So yeah, let's and, talk about... Sorry, oh, and by ahead. the way, if you have to say to your uh, children as you drive by the bridge all lit up in red... And they say, mommy or daddy, what, why is it lit up in red? Say that um, it's for Team Canada winning the silver medal no. at the World Hockey <laughs> I'm going to tell my kids it's because it's red because Edmonton is a bunch of commies. 
That's why. And we'll move on from there. Okay. Because the city is full of communists. (laughs) Anyway, let's move on to uh, Justin Trudeau's travel ban. He's upheld it. The Liberals did. Um, And um, there's some problems with the voting, it sounds like. Um, Not enough to sway the issue, but enough to disenfranchise um, some MPs who wanted to vote a certain way. Um, And isn't that convenient? Um, But yesterday, Melissa Lantzman, Conservative MP, uh, brought forward a motion to try to end the uh, vaccine mandates for train and air travel. And the NDP voted to prop up the Liberals in their bad discriminatory ideas, and her motion was voted down. So even though the Liberal government has never gathered any information about whether or not these vaccine mandates are effective. They've never bothered to track any outbreaks that did or didn't occur on planes or trains. They are still keeping these things in place. So uh, nays were 202 and yeas were 117. Now, there are 119, I think, conservative MPs. One high-profile one could not vote because he said he couldn't get on to cast his vote, and that was Mm. Pierre Polyev. He was out campaigning, I think, in northern Ontario. And he did try to vote. He was not able to. Um, Again, it's not enough to sway the votes because the um, progressive parties continue to prop up Justin Trudeau in his discrimination while claiming to be about human rights. But this is Pierre Polyev's response uh, because people are saying, you know, you didn't vote. Why did you? They were saying he abstained. He absolutely did not abstain. And I'm not in the bag for Pierre Polyev. I generally don't like politicians at all. But uh, he says, I oppose the unscientific vaccine mandates. I oppose them from day one, and I will oppose them until they are all removed. I attempted to vote for Melissa Lansman's motion ending all COVID travel restrictions. I was voting remotely as I was in Thunder Bay, but the voting application did not register my vote as a result of a technical problem. I will be raising a point of order to alert the speaker to the issue and asking for my vote to be properly counted as favoring the end of these rules. You know, Sheila... I thought I had some faint hope uh, that this might pass. And I'll tell you why. There is so much outrage at what is happening right now at airports across the country. I mean, Pearson being the absolute worst. And the stats don't make sense. For example, the travel volume at Pearson is only uh, 70% of what it was in 2019, pre-COVID. And yet they are blaming this on a staff shortage, but the staff shortage... Yeah, yeah, but also don't fire your CBSA officers or lay them off or whatever it is, whatever, put them on unpaid leave because they didn't get vaccinated. But, But even, you know, having said that, Sheila... Their staff shortage is 10%. So they're at 90% uh, levels for staffing, but only 70% in terms of actual air travelers at Pearson. So compared on a per capita basis to 2019, they're actually overstaffed. And yet these horrible delays um, are still occurring. And it is getting all kinds of blowback, even from some on the left that are saying, this is crazy. I'm missing connecting flights. I'm in, I'm going to the airport 
uh, four hours in advance and it's um, I'm getting aboard the plane in the nick of time. Uh, the prodding, the probe, the, the showing the documents, the random COVID test. Why? And I thought this might be a convenient way of the government, not because they're doing the right thing, but to answer the deluge of negative publicity on this to say, yeah, you know what? It's time to join the rest of the world and roll back these measures. But my God, are they stubborn. And again, they just use it for virtue signaling. We're doing this for your protection, Canadians. What a joke. Yeah, just like the gun ban, which we'll get to yeah. in a second. They're doing it for my protection. Um, yeah, I, the, I can't believe that they didn't factor in that all this additional screening, the random temperature checks and all that garbage, that that wouldn't add literally hours to security screening. And then the, and then the short staffing. So even if they were at 100% staffing capacity, they have all this other stupid stuff, this public health theater going yeah. on down at the airport um, that, you know, you'd have to overstaff to deal with that. And yet, technically speaking, they're kind of understaffed. And, and that's the thing too, Sheila, as I understand from travel consultants, if you have all your paperwork uh, perfectly filled out and on display, on demand, the process should take 30 seconds, but if yeah. something is not there, it's gonna take closer to two and a half minutes. Now, two and a half minutes, you might say big deal. Oh, it is a big deal when there's like hundreds of people behind you, because two and a half plus two and a half, now you're up to five and then 10 and so on and so forth. And that's why you're seeing delays in the hours. It's completely unacceptable for no good reason whatsoever. But again, it's uh, Big Brother watching out for our air travel safety, uh, Sheila. Well, and we talked about it, Adam and I talked about it yesterday. And again, I'm just getting dangerously close to getting us to having to cut the YouTube feed. Uh -oh. But tell me how you can be in public transportation. You can go to a hockey game, an Oilers game, not a Flames game anymore. Not that I'm <laughs> cheering for any of them, but um, you can go wait in line, get your tickets, go to this building where you're shoulder to shoulder with other hockey fans. That's fine, but you can't get on a plane with other Canadians too. Like you could go to a hockey game with all the same people that are on your airplane. Yep. But you can't get on that airplane unless you're vaccinated. And I, I didn't think that the liberals would have a come to Jesus moment on this because we had that order paper story the other day where over the next two years, it's in excess of 200 million doses of vaccines are that the liberals have committed to buying. And these are um, like may expire. So the intent is to use them or force us to use them by keeping these mandates in place. And there is no uptake on the vaccines outside of people who, you know, at this point are sick of being locked in their homes. So Sheila, given what you say is true at arenas and stadia, people are being packed in, uh, sold right out, standing room only. Yeah. What, what is the official reason by the Trudeau Liberals why airports are a different animal somehow. Oh, they're keeping us safe. That's what they say. They're keeping <laughs> us safe. They don't have to address that. <laughs> they just say they're keeping us safe. It, they, they, and they're so happy that, you know, mother government is clutching these her Canadian children into her warm and heaving bosom of safety. That's what we're supposed to believe while the government strips away our rights. This is uh time immemorial 
you know, this is what governments do. They take away your rights under the guise of public safety. They've identified the unvaccinated as the boogeyman in all of this. And we're going to make sure that you sweet, innocent Canadians are not exposed to these devilish boogeymen who won't listen to the government. And at the end of the day, that's what this comes down to. These are people who would not be brought to heel in front of the altar of the state. And so they need to be punished. But now everybody else is getting punished, too, through these enormous wait times. You know, it's amazing. I just wish somebody would buy Justin Trudeau and Omar Al-Gabra a calendar that indicates we're halfway through 2022. We're not at the beginning of 2020 when we legitimately didn't know a lot that we now know about COVID-19. There's no reason for this anymore. And again, uh, it's political theater, isn't it, Sheila? Uh, you know, safety, virtue signaling for the sake of safety, virtue signaling. Unbelievable. But speaking of safety, well, I see you can't be too safe if you're a Justin Trudeau liberal, right, Sheila? Because they want to take away our guns for our safety, you understand. Yeah, the Justin Trudeau's government yesterday announced um, a pause on sales and importation of handguns. Well, handguns are like the most highly regulated firearm in the country. Uh, you have to have a special level of licensing to use them, and you can only use them at designated gun ranges. Lawful owners of these things have to call the government for permission before you take it out of your gun safe and go directly to the range and then come straight home. That is, if you follow the law, and this only comes at people who follow the law, but it also serves to do something else. Besides Justin Trudeau, between now and the fall, whatever that means, that's the time frame he gave on this. We're going to bring this in in the fall. Um, he becomes Canada's best firearm salesman. Because every time I see something like this, I'm like, oh, what, what kind of disposable cash do I have? I'm skipping off down to the gun store to buy ammo and firearms before the government knows what I have. Um, and, and that's the thing, too, is because these are handguns, the government already knows what you have. So if to buy and sell these things, these it all has to go in front of the eyeballs of the government anyway. So they know who the lawful gun owners are. So if they want to confiscate these things, they can already do that. It's The problem here is that attacking, once again, lawful Canadian gun owners doesn't do anything to address the rising gang violence in Canadian cities. So in May 2020, Justin Trudeau brought in the firearms ban on 1,500 popular models of Canadian firearms and shotguns, including a 410 bird gun, which would only be dangerous to you if you were a robin. I think a seagull might survive. Um, and uh, a 22. But he describes these things as military style, so that if you are uh, a know-nothing, this would naturally scare you. Um, but and Sheila, sorry, in those that's... two years, though, in those two years, crime has gone up. Yeah. And that's a very important point. And because you are a gun owner and, and, and pretty much a gun expert, I want you to explain what Trudeau is trying to say or trying to infer or imply here when he talks about, quote, military style assault firearms, end quote, because I remember going out to Mississauga, I think it was a year ago, and interviewing a um, guy that runs an airsoft business. And these are just airsoft rifle, rifles, and some of them look like 
military-style assault firearms, but like you said, it's not even going to kill a bird. So is he, like, is this a scare tactic on yes. his behalf to those, I guess, Canadian urbanites that don't know yes. anything about guns? Yes, that's exactly it, is if he can he can convince enough Canadians who are well-meaning but uninformed, I don't want to say ignorant, but this is just not something they know about, mm -hmm. if he can convince them that there are military-style assault rifles in the hands of Canadians, that's pretty scary. Yeah. But when Justin Trudeau says military-style assault rifle, what he means is things that look cool because the even the AR was not developed for military use. I wouldn't use that to hunt a deer. I don't think it's powerful enough. Um, and that was something that was restricted so that you could only use it at the range. You couldn't be shooting that in your backyard. Um, and I don't want to give the liberals any ideas, but there are high-powered rifles that people use for hunting that are far more dangerous and powerful than handguns and um, some of these other uh, rifles and firearms like that the aforementioned 410 bird gun or the AR. But it's because the liberals want to be perceived to be doing something about gun crime uh, that they continue to go after lawful Canadian gun owners. They don't want to deal with the thing that is causing the rise in crime. Yeah. And that is the open border, because a lot of these guns that are ending up in the hands of gangbangers in Toronto and Montreal and Vancouver, those are coming across the poorest Canadian border. And what I do know about the Liberals is that they know how to put up fences. They put them up in Ottawa and they left them up to keep law-abiding Canadian anti-mandate protesters out of their own nation's capital. But yep. we can't put up a fence at Roxham Road yep. and some of these other places where guns and fentanyl <laughs> are coming into our country to take Canadian lives. Therein lies the problem. But there is something about this liberal grasp on... There are two things that liberals love, and that's being the place of free universal health care where we all die in the same weight line and having the longest undefended border. And they will brag about that to the detriment and public safety of Canadians in their cities. Instead of dealing with that... They will come after people like me who jump through all the ho hoops we need to every single day. And even worse, they do this on the backs of women. They say, we're doing this to deal with gender-based violence. Well, how does that help me if you take away the great equalizer from yeah. me? And I'm a half an hour, a good half an hour from the next police station. So what, I have to just assume the guy who breaks into my property is just some benevolent guy who's just here to take my TV and not my life? Um, but, you know, and another point I want to make here, and it occurred to me yesterday in discussions with Adam, I'm not, I, I don't think, trusting enough of the police to offload off my public safety onto them. If we learned anything about what happened in Texas, that even when the police are there, yeah. even when they're armed to the teeth, even when they're wearing flak jackets, they will fail you. And so I'm, as a, as a Canadian woman, the Liberals say they're doing this to protect me by what? Taking away the thing that can even the score with the burglar, the rapist, the murderer. And what? I've got to rely on police who seem to be failing when lives are at risk. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. And one last point, sorry. The stranded assets for these gun retailers. Oh, these guys are mom and pop shops. It's not Cabela's. Cabela's is going to be fine. Um, 
it's not Canadian Tire. They're going to be fine too. It's the local guys. It's the gun store in Bashaw that everybody loves. And you can order in all kinds of weird parts and stuff for you. It's that guy who's going to end up with tens of thousands of dollars in stranded assets that he cannot sell. And this will be devastating to them. And the worst thing of all, Sheila, when this ban, and I'm sure there'll be future bans, are applied, can you possibly show me one single tangible example of this ban preventing a murder in our cities with the gangbangers and no. the criminals? No. I mean, because here's the thing, um, Justin Trudeau, you can ban all these, all these guns all you want, but criminals by definition don't follow the law <laughs> they break no. the law that's what makes them criminals and we do you know... think the gangsters are going through the same rpel courses as people like me you yeah. think they're calling ahead to the cfo the chief firearms officer and saying you know i'd like to take my illegally obtained firearm from underneath my car seat and take it to the local playground and just spray some bullets around is that cool thanks but people like me i have to say okay well i want to take my handgun to the range um this is my uh RPEL number, um, you know where my range is, uh, I'll be there, I'll co be coming straight home. That's what people like me have yeah. to do. But do you think the gangsters are doing that with their guns that are coming across the border? Um, you know, uh, any number of just the poorest Canadian border, you just walk stuff across the border. But, uh, people are walking across. You think guns aren't wa walking across? It's insane. And, and just look what the numbers say, Sheila. I believe it's 86%. It might be 83%. I know it's in the 80 percentile of guns that are used in crime are illegal guns. Yeah. Not. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So of how course. does this, how does this theater, how does this virtue signaling address that? It doesn't. It, it's going to be business as usual for the criminals. And you know what? This is something that wins and loses elections for conservatives, by the way. Flip-flopping on this issue, on the yeah. 1,500 um, models of firearms, one of the reasons conservatives en masse abandoned Aaron O'Toole. Yep. Because he said it was undemocratic and didn't make any sense pu public safety-wise. But then, instead of trying to communicate to suburban Torontonians and saying, well, this is why it won't work, and this is why we shouldn't come after this section mm -hmm. of the Canadian populace. This is why we shouldn't be blaming them for the problems in your cities. Instead of sticking up for them, he agreed with the Liberals on that. Mm -hmm. And this continues to be undemocratic because this will be done once again through an order in council. So changing regulations of an existing law because the Liberals cannot produce any evidence that any of this will work at the end of the day. Um, there was one more point that I wanted to make about this. The reason I think this wins and loses elections for conservatives are the numbers. The shooting sports, they're more Canadian than hockey. And because firearms owners are constantly subject to bans, confiscations, because liberals just change their minds about guns depending on the day of the week. In May, we had two new gun laws and one included a registry. <laughs> like, you know, so we don't like to talk about our guns because we never know what the government's going to do to us. But by the numbers, more Canadians are sports shooters than play hockey. There are 2.1 million licensed gun owners. And wow. 
Conversely, there are 1.2 million Canadians who play organized hockey. You know, I did not know that. That that's an amazing statistic. So, and and yet I would imagine, uh, Sheila, this is uh, an example of the two solitudes. And by that I mean, in urban Canada, guns probably aren't a big thing. But when you go out to rural Canada, it very much is a big thing. And you just recited the numbers. Uh, so this isn't, to use Justin Trudeau language, the fringe using guns. These are over 2 million people. And to go on, at, attack them, and I want to address something you said earlier too. To make this somehow a woman's issue, because he is our first feminist prime minister, as you know, Sheila. You gave a great example. I know you live remotely. You live far from emergency services. The idea that this is a woman's issue by taking your weaponry away, if God forbid anyone went to your residence to do you harm, how is, this is not a woman's issue. It's an anti-woman's issue in my book. Yeah, of course it is. Even on, just on the property rights issue, it's an anti-woman issue. It's an anti-Canadian issue. How is it feminist to be stripping away the lawfully obtained property of Canadian women? In the same way that the government is stripping it away from men. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they say that they want women to break barriers. And then when women get interested in the shooting sports, they come and take our guns away. It's ab it's absolutely outrageous. But um, just even, even the data doesn't play out. Justin Trudeau, two years ago, banned 1,500 models of firearms. Yep. Gun crime has continued to go up. Yep. Consistently for two years. So it's not the firearms of lawful Canadian gun owners. It's something else. But instead of addressing that because it means closing the border, he continues to go back to the well that continues to comply. And Sheila, it, here's my view. If you are caught with an illegal handgun in your backpack or your pocket. God help you. Yeah. I think it should be 10 years no negotiation. That's your sentence. Automatic. It's an illegal handgun. You're not registered with it. Ten years in the slammer. Yeah, look at some of the most recent Supreme Court decisions we're seeing that even for a mass murderer to be held indefinitely without parole is called cruel and unusual punishment. Cruel and unusual punishment. Not the victims that lost their lives, folks, but the gunmen. That's the worldview of our, of our Supremes right now. So we're going easy, I think, on the most horrific people in society, i.e. those that commit first-degree murder, while, what, going on a jihad against Saskatchewan duck for, uh, hunters? Are you kidding me? I can give you another example of this. Um, and I think, by and large, Canadian gun owners, the gun-owning community, we say throw the book at these guys. Yep. Throw the book at them. Yes. And I'm not talking about paper crime. Somebody who, ha who has been consistently licensed and then their license lapsed and they're in that gray area when they're trying to renew, but you can't because the government is terrible. It takes sometimes yeah. like nine months to renew and they say, you know, like renew a couple months in advance, whatever. I'm not talking about paper crimes or, you know, like you wake up one morning in Europe the government you wake up to find out the government banned your guns and then all of a sudden you're in possession of illegal guns that's a paper crime that's different jonathan jessica yaniv simpson with a taser yeah. brandishing a taser on a yeah. live stream that is akin under canadian law 
to not being licensed to own a firearm, particularly a restricted firearm. That's a prohibited firearm. Correct. That's a prohibited weapon in the same classification as owning something fully automatic. Um, and yet that person brandishes it on a live stream. The, it should not be owning it and it is illegal to like, uh, what do they call it? Conductive energy devices. They're illegal for civilian use in Canada. Brandishes it on a live stream. You know what that person gets? A, basically a suspended sentence, a conditional discharge, keep the peace and be of good behavior, which that person has not. And yep. that record goes away. Now, if that were me brandishing, let's say, a Tavor or an Uzi, um, which is sort of in the same category, I would, you would never see me again. <laughs> I would be in yeah. jail. I wouldn't be able to own guns. My kids probably wouldn't be able to own guns. Generations of my people would be banned from owning guns. And yet, um, because we treat certain people different and certain things different in society, this conductive energy device and, oh, we can claim all kinds of whatever um, in front of a judge. But someone like me, I'd have the book thrown at me. Yeah, it's an identity politics decision, uh, mm -hmm. Sheila. I mean, going back to 2019, when I was assaulted at the condominium uh, complex, five shots on my head and shoulders with a steel cane and the police came, uh, the RCMP, that is. And it was one of the most brutal examples of policing I ever saw where the officer said, well, if we charge him, we have to charge you. I go, why? Harassment. Harassment. I'm on public property asking questions. And, you know, and yet I believe if that was just some random dude, there would be an arrest and it wouldn't be, well, if we charge him, we have to charge. That, that would go out the window. So identity politics has to be part of that issue, I think. Oh, here, here we are. Ooh, oh. I still remember this. And uh, there's Mama Yaniv who used her iPod, sorry, iPad. I always get those mixed up uh, to jam it into my a uh, Adam's apple as uh, a Junior was slashing me uh, over the head with the cane. Unbelievable. Uh, it, but, yeah, the idea, I think, Sheila, that, you know, the iconic image of Lady Justice holding the scales blindfolded. Well, these days, Lady Justice She's is wearing x-ray glasses, right? Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I know we're up against um, uh, a hard out with you today, so maybe we should get to our uh, Super Chats before we run out of time. Yes, let's do that. Oh, Some of these statements from Justin Trudeau, like I don't care about doctors and experts. What experts are those that are calling for these gun bans? I'm sorry, but unless I see that doctor down at the shooting range, I'm not taking his advice on firearms. Yeah. I'm just not. I'm, I'm just not. By the way, some of those police who are at the gun range that I see at the gun range, you guys are terrible shots. You couldn't hit the broad side of a barn, and I'm supposed to rely on you guys to keep me safe? You know, um, I, I've heard that, <laughs> Sheila, because, you know, from others, and I, I know some, you know, Toronto shooters, and they've said words to the same effect, and... I think there's an assumption on the public, and I was part of it, where I assume that everybody in law enforcement is a crack shot, but not necessarily <laughs> so. No, and most of them are not some. Well, not most of them. But what I do know is some of them are not outside of their service weapon. They don't have a gun license. So you don't to have your service weapon to be I think it's RCMP, but it's probably the same with city cops. You actually don't have to go through the process of getting a PAL or an RPAL 
it's it's a different thing. So they don't even know sometimes what lawful Canadian gun owners go through, what our level of training is, what the tests we have to pass are. They don't know because they've never gone through it themselves. That's weird. It is weird. Okie doke. So today, uh, GGFD, 10 bucks. Thank you. Says $10 for Rebel News and $50 going to the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms for Peckford versus Trudeau court case. Natural immunity for the win. Uh, Adam Ottawa gives us a buck. Didn't the transport minister try blaming rusty air travelers <laughs> for the backlog in airports? Didn't the feds have two years to make sure security is staffed? Shameful. Yeah, I saw that. He tried to say like, oh, you know, you guys are just out of practice. You guys don't know how to use oh. airports anymore. You know, pre-COVID, air travel, thanks to 9-11, was already so horrific. The pro yeah. the probing and prodding and the lineups. But now with this, you know, theater that they're doing in the name of safety, it is horrific on steroids. And for the minister to blame the victims, that tells you a lot about the Justin Trudeau government, I should think. Yeah. Yeah, that's exa exactly it. They continue to blame the victims. You know what? We're just experiencing the airports differently <laughs> than the liberals. Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, AMT60 gives us a buck. Trudeau and Singh love to be dictators by keeping the travel mandates. Also introducing a new law that new people can't buy handguns makes me want to learn how to shoot and apply for a gun license. This is what I'm saying. Every time the liberals are like, we're bringing in a new gun law, nothing gets me skipping off to the gun store. Like something like that. Yeah. And I know that I don't feel alone in this. Um, it, And again, it will make no difference. People will continue to be murdered at the hands of illegal guns in Canada's big cities because the liberals refuse to do the thing that they need to do because, I don't know, it's unpopular because Canadian gun owners don't vote for them, I guess. Maybe that's why uh, it's low liability for them. They play on the lack of knowledge of Canadian urbanites and they punish the people who will never vote for them anyway. And, and Sheila, I forgot to ask you a hypothetical question going back to our discussion on the gun ban. And it's this. Whoever is the leader of the Conservative Party come September 10th, what do you think their position will be on this issue? Oh, I'm sure it'll be a complete and total repeal, but there also has to be changes to how we deal with this stuff. You cannot be outlawing people from owning the things they already own through the stroke of a pen behind closed doors. Yeah. They're going to do it because the liberals and the NDP have this, you know, alliance, this allegiance, um, this Sorry, I shouldn't call it an alliance. I should call it an axis. Um, but they have that. And so they're going to pass these laws anyways. But at least go through the motions of looking democratic. Yeah. And having to present your arguments for this kind of stuff. But they don't. They just go behind closed doors. They're like, yeah, write in this, re write in this uh, regulation into C-71 and let's call it a day. Yeah. And millions of people now have str stranded assets. Despicable. Anyway, it is despicable. Uh, Adam Ottawa gives us a buck. Attorney General report out today showing that the Libs didn't meet any of their election promises to veterans. Shameful. O'Regan was Trudeau's first veterans minister. Coincidence? You know, I used to say that he was the dumbest MP in Ottawa. 
I know. But, but there are so else... many. Yeah, there's so many giving him a run for his money these days. Like Aljabra, he's really dumb. Yeah. Um, who is the public safety minister? Mendocino, I think. Bill oh, Blair, yeah. he's extra stupid. Mendocino's Mendocino's really He's really dumb, though. Yeah. The minister of lying is Mendocino, right? Yeah, he's the minister of make up <laughs> yeah. He just, you know, he's like, you know, yep. The uh, the cops asked for us to seize all those assets and bank accounts. And, and the Ottawa cops, as terrible as they are, said, you know, no, we didn't. But they didn't say it at the time. That's the problem I have with the Ottawa cops. Well, one of the many problems I have with the Ottawa cops is Mendocino, at the time of the invocation of the Emergencies Act, is saying the Ottawa cops are asking for it, so we have to do it. The Ottawa cops never object at the time to the lie. It only comes out later on at committee hearings about the Emergencies Act that they never asked for it. They were in the media every single day. Why didn't they just say, uh, no, we didn't actually ask for that. Please stop saying that. They never did. No. They provided cover to the Liberals. And so now that, you know, that bromance is falling apart, that Steve Bell and Mendocino, they're falling out of love again. <laughs> Mendocino's really dumb. It's really dumb. <laughs> and I'm sure, like, O'Regan's relieved that there are, uh, like, more vocal dumb people than him out there because, man, he's a dumb guy. Oh. Uh, and, sorry, go ahead. My Mendocino, sorry, uh, Sheila. The 2019 uh, election, uh, there was a, uh, a candidate's debate in his writing, and it was in a synagogue. And during the debate, the story broke in Time Magazine about Trudeau blackface. And I went to query him about that right after the debate. He literally ran away. He, it, it, it was like, you know, feet, do your stuff. And, you know, he... <laughs> just his little legs just pinwheeling oh, yeah, away. Like Scooby-Doo, right? You yeah. Like, and uh, so that was my first encounter with this guy. Uh, not impressive at all. Who is that other liberal MP that you confronted at the uh, Walk for Israel? Oh, about? Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember his name, but that was beautiful because his handler says, you know, was he's done Levitt? talking. Yeah, Michael Levitt. Yeah, that's right. And his handler said, uh, he's done talking. And you go in standard David Menzies form. <laughs> oh, OK. And then you continue to put the microphone in his face and he just sort of turned. And every time I watch that video, I think about when my dog gets in trouble and I'm like, did you get in the garbage? My dog just turns and looks at the wall like they can't hear me. She oh. can't hear me. I don't want to use the gender neutral pronouns for my dog. But Michael Levitt did exactly that when you're like asking him about moving the um, embassy to Jerusalem. And he just turned and smiled blankly. It was the most Couldn't awkward thing to watch. He couldn't he speak. Could he didn't know what to do. not even speak. And, uh, and, and now he heads up the uh, Canadian op operation, the, the Simon Weisenhall Center. And this Odd, is like because he couldn't give a good answer about moving the embassy <laughs> when he was asked. You know, my favorite encounter, you know, back in the Sun News days, uh, Sheila, there was a big display at Young Dundas Square. They had this huge inflatable seal and it was an anti-seal hunt protest. And there was a green candidate for Toronto, and she was there. And I said, um, but, you know, um, it's something like 30% of the sealers, when the seal hunt is in season, uh, they're natives. 
um, why would you want to make them unemployed? And she said, oh, well, you know, if, if it's natives hunting seals, uh, we would have an exemption for that. And my follow-up oh. question, Sheila, was, <laughs> oh, I see. So you're in favor of a race-based seal hunt. <laughs> and it, the seconds yeah. ticked by to over a minute, and she turned to her handler, and she said something like, Judy, help me. <laughs> All caught on camera. I wonder if that's still... Oh, that's still so yet. great. We should find that. I call those people, those sorts of people, like, who are against energy projects or against logging and against, um, you know, sealing. I call them advocates for Indigenous unemployment. Because that's really what they are. They're not anti-anything. They're for Indigenous people being unemployed. Unbelievable. Okay, AMT60 gives us a buck and says, countries that have taken the guns of their citizens have then attacked their own citizens. Yeah, there's been, in one month, we've had two massive gun laws come in. And this comes on the heels of the arbitrary invocation of the Emergencies Act that allowed banks to just seize your assets just because, because of your political views. And David Menzies, you must pay attention. David Menzies has a big story today that's coming out about how in other ways, very sinister ways, chilling ways, it's going to frighten you about how the government cracked down on political dissidents. It is Venezuela style stuff. It is Russia, like KGB level stuff. It's what they do to political dissidents in Hong Kong. The Ontario government so far did this to Canadian citizens, and it is going to blow your mind. It's a whopper. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. We got the tip from a lawyer who said he couldn't believe it, so he fact-checked it. Yeah. Um, it's it's crazy. Alrighty, uh, DRB1313 gives us 25 bucks. Boy, that's generous. Thank you Thank so much. You. you don't need to go to Uvalde, Texas to look at what happened in Nova Scotia two years ago and read Paul Palango's 22 murders. The RCMP is a more political service than a police force. Yeah. You know, that's one thing. Canadians are not paying closely and close enough attention to the facts that are now coming out about what happened there and how the police, once again, when you needed them, they were too scared for themselves to help you. And yep. I don't fault anybody for being, you know, wanting to preserve their own life, but then don't go into policing. Exactly. Go exactly. do something else. Go, I don't know, go, I don't know, walk dogs for a living or something. Don't go into policing because when you put on that uniform and you take a paycheck for that, you are signing a contract with society. That's right. That that says that you you are going to put your life on the line ahead of somebody else's. That's the deal. Uh, Becca Henderson gives us a buck. I've had many concussions. My mask exemption was not respected by my workplace and I started to feel sick. Went to the ER and was told I had stroke-like symptoms because of the mask. Ooh. That's horrible. That is. That's horrible. Yeah, I'm where, claustrophobic. But, I hate the masks. I hate Sheila, them. I'm claustrophobic. I feel panicky. But here's the here's the deal. Where's that buzzword of the left? Uh, what's it called again? Oh, Yes reasonable accommodation where was the reasonable accommodation for the becca hendersons of the world that were having health effects due to wearing that mask it was zero it was you're suspended without pay that there's your reasonable accommodation 
No, Becca Henderson is obviously a selfish grandma killer. Don't you know that? (laughs) (laughs) Becca Henderson, selfish grandma killer, also sends us another dollar and says, (laughs) I I tried to get a specific mask exemption for medical places, and my doctor said it would make people uncomfortable, not unsafe. Oh, so Becca has to sacrifice her medical safety for the feelings of other people. And by the way, irrational feelings of other people. She has to sacrifice her health because other people are experiencing TV-induced anxiety. What a world we live in. And that doctor is in the field of medicine. He's more worried about people having their feelings hurt than he is of somebody's medical health. Becca is his patient. Those other people are not his patients. He's supposed to be looking out for Becca. Again, that's how it works. If you don't want to look out for the health of your patients, don't go into medicine. Go do something else. Go be a cop, maybe. Um, No. Yeah. Those uncomfortable people don't need a doctor, Sheila. They need a psychiatrist. I always say that. I'm like, no, you guys need a therapist. You don't need... You don't need me to live my life how you want me to live. I, You need a therapist. Yeah. Um, now, she also says her doctor said she needed to get the vaccine to qualify for a mask oh. exemption. Wow. Wow. <laughs> um, that's all the chats, I think, so far. Olivia, is that right? Yep. Okay, we're all done. Well, thank you so much. And I want to thank Olivia and Isabel and Ephraim behind the board there. And, of course, my uh, lovely co-host, Sheila Gunn-Reed, and all of you who contributed uh, with a super chat. Uh, It's how we keep the lights on. Uh, There'll be two other Rebel News people here uh, tomorrow at 12 noon Eastern. Sheila and I will be back on Thursday. I think we're also doing a live stream on Thursday for the Ontario election. Right. Thursday is the day where Sheila does 11 hours of live TV. Yep. It's going to be great. (laughs) And loving it. In the meantime, Uh, as always, folks, stay sane. What your message be to um, firearms groups that are saying, uh, you know, this handgun ban uh, continues to just uh, target lawful gun owners and, you know, it's similar criticism to other gun legislation saying it's not going to target people that are breaking the law anyways. I think people need to be careful about uh, misinformation and disinformation in this. We've explicitly and specifically not targeted law-abiding firearms owners because uh, those who currently own and uh, operate handguns safely and store them safely are not at all targeted by this legislation. We're simply saying uh, that we are uh, freezing the market and in the future it'll not be possible to buy, sell, transfer or import handguns in Canada. There have been too many tragedies. Canadians need to see safer communities and this is uh, a comprehensive, multi-step path towards that.